Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 143 of Slamfire Radio for February 19th, 2016. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew the Warning Shot McClatchy. And I'm Adriel, the Hunting Gear Guy, Michelle. And I'm the classy one. I'm Kelly Lynn. The classy one. (laughs) Well, classier than Trevor, that's for sure. (laughs) Welcome, Kelly, again. Uh, What I mean, again, this is the first time you've been on the show, right? Absolutely. It's not like you would ever come on while I wasn't here. That would be terrible. That, that would be wrong. Yeah, that would not happen. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Kelly, as you're the guest, I suppose, this week, why don't you kick us off with what you've done in guns this week? Or uh, recently, I suppose. Not very much this week. Uh, we had uh, 30, minus 30 degree weather over the the weekend. So, Canada. Yeah, yeah, but it's Ontario. I live in Ontario. I'm not used and to that. and sort of southern Ontario too. Right. Yeah, we which did, we haven't had snow up until this week. Right. Yeah. No, where you live, yeah. it's not common to have these temperatures yeah. that you're having. Although it is common for you to have a bit more snow than you do. Yeah, a little bit more snow, but not the 50 centimeters we got uh, two days ago. <laughs> well, they just in saved one. it all up for one shot. <laughs> it's like here you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, no, um, but yeah, so. It, just meant that instead of going to the range, we uh, did some, or I did some indoor uh, dry firing of my Glock 17. Uh, I did a little practicing. I'm going to be doing, uh, sorry. It's all right. I'm going down to Michigan. When you're done having your stroke, yeah. let us know what you're going to do. <laughs> I wanted to say maple seed, apple seed, and couldn't figure It's apple seed, so I'm okay. going to be going down to Michigan next, uh, in three weeks, actually. Oh, yeah, I saw something about that on Facebook. Yeah. Somebody's lining up, like, suppressed scars and stuff for you guys to shoot. Yeah. Sorry, Trevor. <sighs> You're not going to be able to, to fire that off. Uh, so, anyway, so I wanted to do um, some practicing with my seated uh, make change because I only have 55 seconds to switch from, from one target to the next. And so I've been doing a little bit of that. And other than that... What uh, what rifle do you use for that? Uh, so I use the Ruger 1022. Okay. Do you have an extended uh, mag release lever on that thing? I do. Yeah, it's good. That makes it much faster to get yeah. those mags out. I've I've had those before, and I've had the push button one. Where you got to stick your finger up in the mm-hmm. stock and try to get the mag fall out, and it jams yeah. on your knuckle, and it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, it's a pain. You've so got been, the one that's kind of like a lever. Yeah, it's the the lever one. So it it cool. works beautifully. It's quick too. Yeah, yeah it is. Yep. So I tried out some different uh, mags as well. I like the factory mags. I don't like the Butler Creek that uh, that I've purchased. Uh, I think I have six of them. My favorite, like my favorites were always the the clear factory ones. Yeah, I, I haven't seen those. I had one. I could yeah. only find one when I had my 1022, and that's the one that I that's the mag that I use the most because just look at it, you see how many rounds you have left, and I love that it fits flush. You know, no yeah. mag sticking in your back whenever you put the rifle over your shoulder on a sling or anything. Yeah, we were talking about that too, just uh, trying to find some clear ones. Do you know where you? Where'd you get yours? <laughs> I don't know. It was uh, you know. on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I may actually, I may have gotten it used from CGN. That okay. may be where I ended up finding it. We have but to yeah, do they don't make them anymore. Between them, so you have to do a make change between an eight and a two round. Right. So it's if it's clear, you can, obviously you'd be able to see the eight versus the two. Exactly. So yeah, yep. yeah. So go on, go nuts. In other words, sure, give it a shot. Anyway. All right. So, See what uh, I did there? Give it a shot because yeah. it's like guns and stuff and shooting. <laughs> so uh, one of the things you might want to try, I, I do this uh, quite often when I'm looking for accessories. I find people who are selling the gun and the accessories and I offer them just to buy the accessories off them. Because usually when people sell a gun plus accessories, let's let's say you'll see someone out there with a 1020. Uh-huh. 
uh-huh. suit and like six magazines. They're not selling it for that much more. They're act- they're they're losing money on those mags. Yep. So sometimes it sometimes you can throw a, an offer out there just for the accessories and get like a screaming deal, and then they end up selling their their rifle as just a rifle in one mag, yeah. and they make they make more in the in the total uh, scheme of things, right? Yeah, because for for whatever reason, it's hard to sell uh, any sort of gun and its magazines for. Uh, an appropriate price. It always ends up, it doesn't matter. Like Glock mags are 50 bucks a pop, but it doesn't matter. You got five of them. You're only adding, you know, at most a hundred bucks to the price of the gun to sell, you know, with the extra mags. I don't, I don't get why people don't understand the value in, in the, those accessories, but you're right. You always get an awesome deal whenever you buy a gun with accessories. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good tip. I'll see if I can find some. I'll let you know. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, Today, I received an awesome present in the mail. Was it that Uzcon BR-99 I sent you? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, I won a, I won it uh, on a, an online contest, a Facebook contest, actually. That's awesome. Tr- yes, Trigger's Wholesale. So, Mark, he sent it to me, and I got it today. Brand new. It's lovely. Played with it what a little you, bit. What are you going to run for an optic on it? Are you going to run a red dot? Are you going to leave the iron sights? Uh, I'm gonna leave the iron sight iron sights right now, but I don't know. What do you suggest? Do you shoot uh, three gun or anything like that? Nope, but it's something that I've been thinking about because I mm. I have everything now. Yeah, that sh- that shotgun is a really uh, killer three gun shotgun, and that's what uh, Edward from TV Press Press Pass uses. Is well, an Actel 1919, same thing as this one though. I want to use one for bird hunting. Okay. Do you have to block the mag? Do you have to no, block the mag? No, no. Runs? The only time you have to block the mag for uh, hunting is migratory birds. Okay. So here in New Brunswick, we don't have mag limits for uh, for for shotguns uh, unless it's migratory birds. I know Ontario does. No matter what you're hunting, you got to you can only carry three in your shotgun. But uh, but here yeah. in New Brunswick, it's not a problem. That'd be awesome. Go grouse hunting with that. <laughs> that takes chokes, right? Does it does it come with chokes, uh, Kelly? It, yeah, it came with three. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, You're good nice. to go. Toss a modified in there and hit the woods. <laughs> for for the listeners who aren't entirely sure, it's an AR-15 looking shotgun with the yeah, magazine. So you, you'd you get stopped. Would. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you're going to get stopped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's sweet. Very nice. You going to have that at the charity shoot? Absolutely. Awesome. I can't wait to play with that a little bit. Hey, at the charity shoot, you get a chance to win one. Well, all right. What what do you mean chance? You mean you mean I'm gonna pull out this random name. Look at that. It's Matthew. No. Come on. Uh, Oh wait, this is recorded, right? Dang it. (laughs) Now if I win, people are gonna be really suspicious. You get a number and we pull it out the shoot. All right. Well my number seven ninety five. Seven ninety five, I'll make sure I pull that one. (laughs) (laughs) They're all seven ninety five. No, just kidding. Perfect. (laughs) So yeah, that's about it. Cool. And Adriel, you stink. <laughs> I just have to say that. Uh, as I as Kelly was typing beforehand. in that it was she was shooting, it was minus thirty. I was typing in. I was like, yeah, I was I was shooting in plus eight, and I had my jacket off, and it was I was shooting two and a half shells, and it really hurt my shoulder because I didn't have a heavy jacket on. And yeah, yeah. plus eight would be awesome. We got up to plus five here the other day, but uh, no plus eight yet. That's like springtime weather. Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. Crazy. Well, I didn't do a whole lot. I uh, I ordered a couple trimmers. I I don't know what for, but maybe for my beard. I'm not no, sure. The, I think you ordered the two two three and the three oh eight trimmers. Right? Oh yeah, that's right. That's what I ordered. And then I went to a three D shoot. How'd you do? I did. I second place again. Awesome. Second Great. place. Yeah, two ninety eight. That's the one where you wear the three D goggles. That's right. You well, it's red around. on one side and green on the other, and yeah. then it makes the it makes the targets look three dimensional. Sweet. It's like they're and, attacking you. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a bit of motion, too, so you have to really... It freaks me out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so that was fun. And then, uh, you know, almost got the summer slam stages done. Just uh, just tweaking those a little bit. Not not much to go on that. We're, we're right there. Let me tell you, there are some really cool stages for summer slam this year. It's so, be awesome. summer slam. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Yes, it is. How, well, yes. Yeah. I'm yes. not coming. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> what I was going to say is like, that's going to be awesome. What do you mean? For who? You're not going to be there. <laughs> I'm not coming. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. It's SummerSlam 10, which is like, you know, it's a, it's a round number, and so everybody goes crazy. Yeah. If, so. if I could come, that would be the one to do. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. But, but uh, it's really sold out, right? It, it is. Yes, it is. There's a waiting list. Yeah. Yeah. You can put your name on it if you want. 
but you're not getting in. Gabriel, <laughs> 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 you're going, aren't you? Oh yeah, I guess I can go. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was beautiful out here. I've actually been waiting for a really cold day to test like a whole pile of guns in cold weather. I wanted to do one where uh, I tried a couple of different uh, like gun oils and some semi-automatics and see what would fail. And uh, this El Nino or whatever we're having right now has just hampered me because it's <laughs> it's been a beautiful <laughs> <It's> February. <laughs> Let's do some cold weather shooting. It's plus eight. Yeah. What? Come on. Yeah. Well, I wanted to like test some clothes and stuff too, and like roll around uh, in the snow. That's and, what. That's like forty oh. degrees American, right? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. That's Ish. Forty. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, for our American listeners, they're like, "What do you mean plus eight? That's still pretty cold." But no, it's not. Not not in Canadian. Not in Canadian. Yeah. No. Um, okay, so yeah, so um, I was out uh, at my buddy's place shooting all the shotguns uh, all the we- all weekend uh, for the long weekend here, and uh, we shot. My Beretta's got, uh, my buddy's got a new Beretta thirteen oh one competition, uh, gas cycled semi automatic shotgun, um, really uh, really cool uh, shotgun. Um, I shot my uh, my Stoger thirty five hundred. Uh, shot uh, mostly two and three quarter, uh, like target shells, uh, but also shot some three inch and some three and a half. Now I shot a box of that three and a half uh, the week before, and it was fine, but it was colder that week. And yeah, there's less recoil when it's cold, right? I was wearing because the thicker air jacket. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, big jacket that makes more yeah. sense. <laughs> and the and the air thickness too. That, that right? No, the air thickness does play a play a role. Yeah, I'm and sure of it. Air temperature and and whatnot. <laughs> no, so so I had my jacket off while I was shooting because it was so hot and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a box or so I didn't want to shoot anymore. <laughs> Those three and a half, sir. Yeah, they're uh, they're stout. Three and a half are punishing, no matter what gun you're shooting them in. For the most part, they're they're big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and with a with a uh, a winter jacket on, I could shoot boxes of it. Uh, yeah, it's not so bad. Winter jacket. It was yeah, a little a little stiff. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I've I've when I used to turkey hunt when I lived in Ontario, turkey hunting season when I was there was just in the spring. And so I would always go on a nice warm day and three and a half inch turkey load will set you back. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, they pack a wallop. I, I remember that. Uh, I remember practicing as little as possible. I always wanted to make sure my shots counted when I was practicing. Cause I did not want to shoot that anymore than I had to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, I haven't, uh, I haven't done a lot of duck and goose hunting. I think I'm going to get into it, though, this year because I've got a couple of places I can go, and I, I guess I've got a shotgun for it now, too. So. I guess. Yeah, might as well. Might as well. I've got the gun. Now I'll, now I'll have to get into the sport. Yeah. That's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I shot a Volkortsen Custom 22 Winchester Magnum. Uh, nice. <laughs> so, wow. Not, not anything too big, but uh, have you guys... Well, th- when you say Magnum, I mean, come on. <laughs> Have you seen a, a Volkortz in custom? Is this the 1022 yes. uh, lookalike? Yes. Yeah, those are really cool. And you got the Magnum version. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this here. is, um, uh, there, there's not, and the reason why I think you don't see a lot of uh, Volkortz and like you, you see a lot of the parts, right? A lot of guys yep. shooting 1022s, they get the extractors or triggers. Yep. Oh, I, I swear by the extractors. The Volkortz yeah. and yeah. extractors in a 1022, night and day compared to factory. Yeah, absolutely. You don't really see a lot of the, the the complete rifles around. A, they're really expensive. They're they're like a thousand to two thousand dollars. Yes, they are. Um, uh, they're super accurate though. They're ridiculous. Um, and B, there just aren't there aren't many dealers. This one um, uh, was actually loaned to me from uh, Sylvester's uh, Sporting Goods in Bonneville, Alberta. And it's it's kind of like they're, it's not really a a big city shop or anything like that. But they've got these rifles there, and so. Um, I, I convinced them to loan me one for the weekend, and uh, man, they're, 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 these things are crazy accurate. Half inch at 50 yards, inch at, at 100 kind of a thing. Yeah, that's and, that's uh, amazing for uh, 22. My buddy was sh- was shooting, and I was recording him shooting a clay. He popped three and made like a cl- clover leaf. He threw one more in, and it looked like he missed. And I went, I kept going through the video. He shot through the holes. That the bullets had made. Wow! So it 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 got a clean pass through on a on a clay pigeon, and it, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's ridiculously accurate. Yeah. Um. And I just wanted to mention on the uh, uh, the magazine release, they've got instead of the lever deal, they've got more of like a, a toggle, kind of like a 
uh, triangle toggle that comes down uh, just in front of the trigger guard. So when you put your finger in that, you can t- push your finger forward to And the drop mag, mag just falls right out, yeah. You can okay. pull up for a bolt hold. So you oh, can really? pull it back and you can yeah, and it'll do a bolt hold hold open. So what you can do is, oh, that was my last round. You can push your finger up and forward, pull the bolt back, and boom, it drops the mag and it locks cool. the bolt back. That's neat. Yeah. That's yeah. really neat. So what type of uh what type of stock do you have on it? Is it uh, just that the... one was a Hogue overmolded, so it was just like a rubbery kind of uh kind of a stock. The barrel itself uh-huh. was a carbon fiber wrapped, really thick kind of a target barrel, but still pretty light because it was carbon fiber wrapped. Is that the super light one? Uh they've got a oh Volkorts has got so many different models. I don't even know if I've got the right model name cuz oh, it okay. looks like they just sell the action, but this one was a full rifle. It, it should be the light there's also an ultralight that's uh, that's really no. Really I cool. have the ultralight. You have the ultralight. <laughs> I have two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad one. Took me a minute too. <laughs> give up. Uh, uh, on that note, I give up. <laughs> that was my weekend in guns. I'm just looking at the uh, the Volkorts website here. Their fusion takedown rifle. That is cool. Have you seen that? Yeah. I want some really cool stuff. It's oh, pricey, man. but man, it's it's accurate and it's. it's if it's, I were to get another 1022 type rifle, that's what I'd be going after. I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I ordered some stuff. I ordered uh, uh, three shot extension for my Stoger from uh, SNG Hardware, and I ordered a bolt handle as well. Cool. Which I think I need to work on to make it fit because it's just a Benelli bolt handle, but I was watching some video and some guys were turning them down on on a drill too. Get them to fit, so I think I'll monkey around with that. Mm. We didn't. Weren't you going to order a couple mags for your FNS? <laughs> yeah, that too. How much uh, are so they? I, lo- I looked up the prices of that FNS, the the forty mags, and uh, I checked a couple places, and they're going for like seventy five bucks each. Seventy five dollars for a magazine. Yeah. So I pri- so my MMP range kit, which was the pistol holster, uh, mag uh, pouch, and three mags, was five hundred bucks used, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I put in a $120 trigger. Now my trigger is, uh, like two and a half, three pounds, somewhere in around there. I, I just tried it out and it was. Click it. Let me, yeah, yeah, that's, that's two and a half all day. But what do you figure? What do you figure? Uh, two, two, two and, two and three quarter. Two right three there. Quarter. That was a two and three quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't IPSEC legal, but, uh, so I was looking at that F and F and S and, and on a price to the gun, uh, range kit, tax, shipping, uh, holster. Uh, a couple of those mags at uh, at a higher price. It it was it was a little bit more than I wanted to spend. So right. I uh, I don't know if I'm going to get that right right now. Yep, no, that's all right. I mean, seventy. Here's the thing: if I'm going to get one, I shoot Ipsic. I need at least five mags. Yeah. And you're limited to ten rounds. And I'm limited to ten anyway. So what's the point? <sighs> we should trade. My MMP has got a, a like a really sweet trigger, <laughs> <laughs> and I got lots of mags. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't shoot Ipsic, so I, I, it doesn't matter to me. Oh, you you, you will one day. It has. Yeah, one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. You, you you'll come to the dark side. Probably, <laughs> probably. Anyways, so, that's what I did in guns this week. Cool. Well, it sounds like we all had a little bit of fun. Um, upcoming events. Uh, we've got the first annual Ronnie DeGroot Rocket with your Glock out Steel Challenge. That's June fourth. The sixth annual Charity Shoot is taking place June twenty fifth, and that's in Kingston and Kelly. Any updates yep. on that for us? Or is uh, everything still status quo? Everything's pretty much status quo. Uh, we're taking registration online. Uh, so just, uh, you know, message us and we'll add you to the events page. Do I have to do that? No. Perfect. <laughs> that sounded like work. No. Ready with your connections. Yeah. No. We're cool. Good. Awesome. This is going to be a good time, right? Oh, God, yeah. What uh, What sort of events do you have lined up? So on the... Uh, so on Friday, the 24th, we have uh, RJ. You remember RJ? Our who? Our Of course I remember yeah. RJ. He's awesome. He's my pilot buddy. Right. So he's going to be doing a um, course on the Friday for anybody who would like to do a handgun fundamental course. And it uh, just depends on the level of the people that are in the course. Uh, he might even do some um, urban pistol Cool. as well. So that's on the Friday. On the Saturday, well, that's the charity shoot itself. Uh, so we have a few things that are lined up there. Um, in the morning, we're, we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing stuff from the pistol house, 25, 50, 100 yard, also the 240 yard. Um, 
in the afternoon. It's just basically everybody can take out their guns and uh, show them off to everybody. And maybe people are interested, they can try them out. Uh, we have some guns that uh, you can actually uh, win and some other prizes and that too. Um, yeah, we're trying to arrange some things for Saturday evening. It looks like uh, we might have something there. So I'll be posting that on the events page soon. Any sort of competitions going on? Well, we have some people that are coming by, um, and uh, yeah, so Thomas, Thomas Donnelly, he wants to actually have a competition with um, Pat um, Harrison. Right. Yeah, and Trevor to see uh, the pistol, right? Cause, so these are like one-on-one kind of things. You don't have like, uh, you know, yeah. there's not going to be a, a silhouette shoot or something that everybody's going to participate in. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, cool. That's what I was asking, yeah, if there's going to be yeah. some sort of event like that. There's going to be, well, they're all, so everybody is going to get their targets and different things. And, uh, of course, we'll be taking, um, we'll be calculating uh, first place, second place, and all that. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Sounds it's going like to be fun. lots of fun. And then we have on the Sunday, we have the, um, uh, it's actually at the Frontenac Range here in Kingston. And it's for anybody who wants to do uh, IPSC. So it's a 12-stage, uh, um, level 3 IPSC match. And it's the Ontario Provincial Summer Fun Match. So That sounds like yeah. fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's they're, What they're doing is uh, they're actually allowing us to have our own squad. And you can sign up through us if you want to guarantee that you're going to get a spot. Yeah, Ontario. put me on that list. <laughs> okay. Ontario. <laughs> Ontario is a little... Um, as soon as they open up uh, any events, they get sold out quite quickly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Good. That sounds great. Yeah. So. Uh, other upcoming events, we have the Got Your Six, a Wounded Warrior charity shoot. That's coming up uh, July 16th and 17th. You can go to gotyoursixshoot.com for more info on that. And March 5th is the Wheatland Conservation and Wildlife Association Wild Game Dinner. There's 50 tickets left. They're $50 each. Each ticket is an uh, an entry into a reverse raffle. The last ticket pulled wins a fishing trip. That seems like a lot of work. you got to pull a whole bunch of tickets out just to get to the last one. Actually, I've just never heard of that before. It's kind of cool. Really? <laughs> Yeah, never heard of that. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then, so last year, there were 21 dishes made with wild game. You start with baked potato. You might get some coleslaw, maybe a pickle, but the middle is bear, goose, pheasant, salmon, elk, deer, cougar, and more. So that's cool. And you can obtain tickets tickets from Danlene Olson at Ole's Quick Lube at 38 Spruce Park Drive in Strathmore, Alberta. So probably I won't be going seeing as I'm in New Brunswick. But anybody in the Alberta area, you uh, may want to check this out. Sounds like a lot of fun. And that comes to us from our good friend Jason Philp. So thank you, Jason, for sending that in. Well, I might have to go to that. That sounds like a whole bunch of different meats that I want to check off my uh, my list of things I've eaten before I'm dead kind of a, kind of a thing. Yep. It's perfect opportunity to do it. Mm. Yep. Why don't you bring us the news? The news. Okay, the first one here that I have uh, that I, I noticed was uh, Cowboy Tactical um, uh, CDC Supplies. They're bringing in primary arms optics, uh, and and they've got some really cool uh, scopes and red dots. And one of their one of the ones that is like all the time recommended on uh, on long range forms in the U.S. is the four to fourteen. And we haven't had these in Canada before. They've been like a U.S. exclusive. And they're now bringing them in. So, uh, all you long range shooters who are looking for, uh, for a scope that, uh, that, that can do it at a, a lower price point, uh, I think they're right around the 450 mark, 400 to 450. And, uh, and when it comes to long range scopes, that's really, really inexpensive. I mean, before that, um, like I would recommend the Bushnell, uh, 10 times fixed, uh, and then something from Vortex, maybe like a Vortex Viper. Uh, and then it go, goes up, on up from there, right? Cytron, Night Force, uh, uh, US Optics. It gets really expensive really quick. So it's really nice to have uh, another option in the market. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's cool. it with these primary arms. Nice. Yep. 
uh, do you want me to take the next one? Yeah, yeah, keep going. You're doing a great job. Okay, the next one here is um, uh, Michigan. Michigan became the 38th state to allow hunting with suppressors. I think we talked about this on, uh, the last time, not Michigan specifically, but just hunting yeah, and just how evil it is sweet. to kill to kill animals with suppressors because that makes them extra deadly, right? It's a, it's not hunting. It's assassination. It, it's assassination. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's not hunting. It's assassination. I love it. That's hilarious. <laughs> or or we're reducing doctors' bills because hunters aren't going deaf. It's one or the other. I'm not sure which is more reasonable. People in the old folks' home that'll be yelling at you because they you know can't hear. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No. We. Sh- that's really good. I. I'm very happy that Michigan uh, is allowing this now, and I really wish the rest of the states would allow it, and Canada too, because it just makes sense. Well, I'm. I'm really glad to see a lot of U.S. states uh, enabling this kind of legislation because it puts more emphasis and and more proof that that nothing bad happens there. Why don't we have it in Canada? If, that's right. If, well, if, I mean, if even. It's have it. If a whole bunch of countries in Europe have it, why that's, the heck can't we get? Yeah, that's what I was well? just gonna say. Uh, uh, England and uh, you know the the British Isles there. They all like a lot of those places. I know in New Zealand, it's required to have a suppressor on when hunting in certain areas because otherwise you're disturbing people. You know, it it's it just makes sense. Uh, we just gotta stop. <laughs> we gotta stop uh, our lawmakers from watching Hollywood movies, and <laughs> that's where they're getting all these that's bad exactly ideas from. It. It's like, yeah. oh, I saw Steven Seagal use one and he killed a bad guy with it and, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Shut it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, opening day for deer hunting season in, in my parts, you go out in the morning and that's all you hear. Boom, boom, boom. And it's loud. Yeah. You know, like, I could imagine being a, a homeowner there and trying to enjoy their, their coffee <laughs> or something like that. And that's that's all they hear is the sound of destruction around them. It would be, be really nice if... if like half the people ran suppressors, it would be, you know, it would it would ease the piece a little bit. That's it. Yeah. And cool. the uh, the last one here uh, comes to us. I think uh, Trevor sent this one actually. Um, this is from River Riverview, New Brunswick. That's what MB stands for, right? NB, New, New Brunswick. Yep. <laughs> Nova uh, Brunswick. A New Brunswick man whose young daughter was gunned down in a robbery is calling for a renewed debate on firearms control and the federal long gun registry. Ron Davis said Tuesday he's concerned that military-style guns sold legally in Canada will end up in the hands of the wrong people. I have nothing against f- hunting rifles. That's fine, says the 74-year-old Riverview man uh, in an interview. It's the weapons that are available and legal that have nothing to do with hunting that concerns me most. We, uh, we're just asking for another disaster to happen. His 16-year-old uh, daughter, Laura, was shot and killed with a handgun in a convenience store holdup in 1987. Since then, he's been an advocate for victims of gun violence. So whenever you're shot with a hunting rifle, you're less dead, apparently. And two, don't tell me what rifle I can hunt with. And three, your daughter was killed with a handgun, not a rifle. Which, yeah, it was on the register. On, on, either it was, on the registry it, or it was illegal, illegal to begin with. Probably, probably illegal to begin yeah, with. Yeah, so it was already illegal. So you're going to make it illegal for people to get guns who illegally obtain guns anyway. So what do they care? It doesn't yeah, I make think sense. Yeah, the, the thing that's most striking about, uh, if you look at the most popular guns used in crime, it's cheap stuff and handguns, yep. primarily, right? Yep. So, and, uh, so I don't, uh, like. I don't know oh, why they care if we have AK 47s or AR 15s or SCARs or whatever. The, the gangbangers don't use those guns. They want something small and concealable, uh, sealable, or, yeah. yeah, thank you. I was having You're a stroke right. that time. <laughs> <laughs> or something cheap that they can throw away, like an old, Cooey single shot shotgun they can just hack the barrel off and toss into a dumpster whenever they get away you know like they just want something cheap or concealable so that being said i still don't think cheap and concealable guns should be illegal either because they still don't get them legally so what's the difference but stop attacking the rifles stop attacking anything really yeah i think uh, sorry go ahead i think a lot of people just like they they say Fact-based uh, legislature and and legislation and and then they turn around and do this stuff. It's like let's ban the Swiss Arms. It's like has anyone ever committed a crime with one of these ever? No. Yeah. Uh, why are we banning this thing? What what happened to our fact-based legislation here? It's like like the fifth semi-auto fifty cal's that we have banned up here. Who's ever used a semi-auto fifty cal in a crime? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's silliness. It's it. Well, you know what it is. We've said it a million times. 
it's uh it's not actual security it's theater security they just they want to yeah. make it look like they're doing something so that they get voted back in when in reality they're not really doing anything at all it's going back to what you said about the suppressors you know it's hollywood yep they're, they're scary they're scary yeah <laughs> <laughs> longer in registry wouldn't have saved his daughter nope no no so. sad uh, you know i, yeah, I feel absolutely. for him but at the same time stop trying to solve a problem where there isn't a problem try try you know go to the root instead of banning guns how about we start helping people who are at high risk to becoming criminals and instead you know keep them in school or you know whatever you know i don't know we're not a yeah we're, well, we're not there's a there's variables yeah. that are more important than than just access to guns it's uh, uh socioeconomic factors whoa it's, whoa whoa uh, what <laughs> <laughs> Other things. Other things. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Environmental. Yep. It does. I concur, in fact. Awesome. Well, let's move on to our main topic then. Okay. We're talking shotgun. That means I get the front seat on the way to Ontario. (laughs) (laughs) So if you get the front seat, do you get the one with with the two and three quarter inch uh, (laughs) leg room or three inch or 3.5? Well, I'm a tall guy, so I'm going to need a three and a half inch leg room for sure. Oh, that'll cost extra. Uh-oh. <laughs> Three and a half inch legroom is br- pretty much all you get if you're flying, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much, isn't it? <laughs> That's all Trevor's going to get. He's flying. I'm driving. Anyway, we, we're talking shotgun shells. And uh, there are a variety of different styles and lengths and gauges and loads. So we thought we would uh, kind of dive into this a little bit and just talk about what some of the main differences are, why there are some di- some differences, what different types of loads there are and why there's different loads and, and the length of the shell and then talk about uh, gauges too and, and why there's different sizes. So uh, why don't we start off with, uh, you know, the old classic steel versus lead. Well, yeah, I mean, um, you know, we would still be like lead's the best. Lead is the best. Why is lead the best? Uh, it's heavy. It carries far. It deforms, uh, so it's it's actually really easy on the uh, uh, on the choke as it goes through, and uh, and it's cheap. It's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lead is basically it's the best. Just it's there's no reason to shoot anything else out of your gun unless you have some sort of law saying you can't, and that's that's pretty much where steel comes in, doesn't it? Yeah, so uh, here in Canada, that was in '99, and uh, that was related to migratory boards, birds. So uh, people were shooting these lead shotgun shells over water. Uh, the pellets would fall down. They go in the water. The uh, birds would use it uh, as uh, roughage and swallow a whole bunch of lead and get lead poisoning, and that was no good. No, and that's so, not good. And then I'm I'm all for preserving our wildlife as best we can. Um, what I heard, though, or, you know, and, and there's, there's going to be studies both ways probably, but I have read studies where that they said that that actually wasn't really even that big of a deal. Hmm. That the lead actually wasn't impacting the animals in the way that the environmentalists said that it was. I I think, and this is my opinion, I think that somebody found out that we were shooting lead into ponds and they just lost their mind because they know that lead is dangerous. And so with little to no fact to go on, I think they probably just jumped on this and, you know, found whatever facts they needed to to get this passed. However, I can't prove any of that. So that's all just conjecture. That's how I feel on the subject. But nevertheless, it is illegal to shoot lead into, well, it's illegal to use lead in Canada while hunting migratory birds. Right. Yes. And that's a federal law. That's not a provincial thing. That's federal. That's that's province wide or countrywide. And that's why they switched over to steel. Right. right. And others, yeah. And yeah. others. Yeah, because there are others. And, right. you know, they're just more expensive. But but steel is the next, quote-unquote, best thing. Would you agree, Adriel? Yeah. Uh, it's cheap-ish. It's mm-hmm. not as, as cheap as lead. Uh, it's not nearly as good as lead because it doesn't deform very well, so it's not as nice on your choke. So some of your old, sh- old shotguns might not be able to shoot steel through them. Yeah, you can actually get steel-rated chokes. And if I understand it correctly, uh, a full steel choke is choked a lot less than a lead full choke. And I think that's because the lead will actually compress, whereas steel doesn't. And so the steel doesn't need as much choke to keep the pattern tight. Yeah, 
That's right. Um, I think I was, I was going through my manual and it said uh, steel, mo- like using the modified choke, that's it. That's as tight as you go. You don't go any tighter than that. And if you do go tighter, there are, there are chokes that, you know, you won't hurt the choke if you do. Now, sometimes you will. But I think if you go too tight, what happens is the steel shot actually bounces off of each other and actually the pattern spreads out more if you go with too tight of a choke. Now, that's something that I read on the internet somewhere, so I'm not sure if that's true, but I did read that somewhere once. Well, on the internet, everything. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so steel yeah. steel keeps more of its shape, right, when it's – and lead will, will spread. That's right. And with steel keeping its shape, that actually is benefit because that means you're going to get less flyers. Right. Um, if you if you consider a, a, a column of lead shot going down a barrel, then all of a sudden it's constricted. The outer the outer um, pellets, if you will, are going to be deformed as as they pass through that choke. And now that they're deformed, they're no longer circular. They're going to catch air different than the rest of the spherical shot, and they're going to fly off. Yeah, exactly. So steel's a uh... Uh, a little bit harder and and going to work a little bit better for that kind of a thing. Um, but that's but, a that's a pretty small benefit though. Whenever you consider yeah. all the other things you lose. Yeah, well, the the biggest thing that that you lose is is density. So mm-hmm. because it's so much lighter, imagine uh, imagine whipping a, a rocket uh, at at someone versus a ping pong ball. Can, can it be Trevor? <laughs> I'll try it next so time right. I see him. Trevor, catch this rock. The. Uh, the ping pong ball isn't going to do as much damage because it's a lot lighter. So when you go to steel, um, for for the t- particular range you're going for, you did you generally need to go up a couple of sizes, uh, and shotgun sizes on shot are kind of silly. So do you actually have to go down a couple of sizes? <laughs> That's <so>. right. <laughs> everything's backwards with shotguns. Everything. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, everything's everything's weird with firearms in general. We've got gauge and we've got ounce loads and yeah, so it's yeah, it's all weird. But yeah, generally you have to use bigger pellets. Um, because the the smaller ones aren't as dense, won't carry as won't carry as much energy as far. So you need to use bigger pellets. And there's a disadvantage there too, right? Because you're going to get a, a less dense shot pattern as well because you have less pellets in the shell. Right. That's exact. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because you have to use bigger pellets, you get fewer of them, and you get a less dense shot pattern. So. And that's you, why you have longer shotgun shells. You took the words right out of my mouth. I, I guess. I wasn't even 100% sure on that. <laughs> I was just going to say, and that's why instead of using a uh, two and three quarters, you'd maybe move up to a three or a 3.5, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think like, chew, uh, well, did you, did you want to go into that? You want to talk about bismuth first? Well, I, well I, real I, quick. I would so never shoot it. It's too bas- expensive. Basically, I want to infer something here. I, I want to make a correlation that we can thank Steel Shot for allowing Trevor to put nine rounds in his shotgun. <laughs> right? Legally? Yep. Yeah, because otherwise we wouldn't have three and a half inch shells because who needs them? You can just shoot lead out of a three inch. You'd be fine. So yeah. So Trevor, you can thank Steel Shot for uh, for maxing out your shotgun there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, have you ever shot bismuth? I haven't even seen it on a shelf. It is so expensive. I have. I the turkey load I was talking about earlier. It oh, was a yeah. yeah. It was uh, t- uh, was it bismuth or was it tungsten? Okay, maybe one of those. Yeah, I don't remember one or the other. But yeah, I remember it was like nine dollars a shell. <laughs> wow. It was ridiculous. And this is back, you know, ten years. It was ridiculous how expensive. I, I bought this. I still have some of them because I refuse to shoot them. It's like I'm going to trade this for a child one day. <laughs> oh man, that's brutal. Yeah, they're so expensive. I mean, I'm they they, they did the job though. Let me tell you, I'm, they... I'm waiting for uh, depleted uranium. Uh, <laughs> really heavy, right? <laughs> uh, I think that's what they use in in one of the one of the helicopters. I think the Apache shoots depleted uranium shells because the the uh, the uh, A10. Warthog does. Uh, I think the Apache does as well, actually, now that you mention it. But uh, the A-10 definitely does, depleted uranium. But the good news is, I can't find my ammo. Can you hand me that Geiger counter? (laughs) (laughs) There it is. I found it. (laughs) Yeah, you think think they're worried about lead. Wait till they start shooting depleted uranium. Oh, yeah, I mean that's yeah. So I I think the majority of uh, of duck and geese hunters are going to be using steel out there. 
Um, turkey, maybe they'd be using something else because you don't have to shoot a lot. You 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 take your turkey kind of a thing, right? Yeah, a turkey. Yeah, exactly. You usually only get one or two tags a year for turkey, so it's not like you're shooting, you know, every thirty or forty seconds like you are with goose or duck hunting. So mm-hmm. you're only shooting once or twice a day max. So you can afford to to spend the money on the bigger shells or the more expensive shells. But uh, but yeah, I know Owen uh, when he hunts uh, geese, he has he goes and he buys you know cases of steel shot for whenever he's goose hunting or, or, or duck hunting and it's steel you know he's, he says i'd like to shoot the the more expensive stuff it's better you know it carries further it's denser like lead but it's just cost prohibitive you just can't do it mm-hmm. yeah so bismuth what exactly is it it's i know it's non-toxic as well and that's why they came it, up with it but. is it is it is that an elemental metal or is that a alloy i don't know it I'm not a scientist. It might well be unicorn dust to me. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> that stuff's really heavy, too. Unicorn dust? Yeah. yeah. you got to get yeah. enough of it, compress it. <laughs> and hard to find. Yeah. It, uh, it's a chemical element, uh, atomic number 83. So bismuth is an element. Really? Yeah. It's 86% as dense as lead. I heard that it's still brittle. Still good. So it's still lighter. You heard what, Kelly? I heard that it's quite brittle. That'll oh, part. It, could it be. has some of the same qualities as lead, um, but uh, it can be used in older shotguns. Again, like you were talking about how steel is not great for older shotguns. So maybe if somebody's using an older shotgun, they could use bismuth. Yeah, that's interesting. Right. Something that's that's still non toxic and yeah. gives them enough range. Um, now we were talking tungsten earlier. Tungsten is one point seven times heavier than lead. So tungsten's the stuff you want. And tungsten is intrinsically brittle, apparently, according to Wikipedia. It is, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So tungsten is, is going to be very expensive, uh, but very dense, but uh, a, a little brittle. So maybe it's a tungsten alloy that they use for the, the shotgun shells. <laughs> but uh, if you're shooting that, you're going to, you know, you get, you're getting better carry uh, than lead because it's, uh, it's denser. That's cool. Sweet. Wikipedia to the rescue. Um, have you guys played with played with uh, any specialty rounds? I, I, so I, uh, when, when we were out this weekend, my my buddy just had like a, you know, how some people take all their shotgun shells and put them in a in a fifty cal ammo tin. Yep. And it's just a bunch of mixed shotgun yep. shells. Yep. <laughs> uh, so my buddy did that, and uh, we were shooting clays, and he said pull, and I threw a clay, and he shot a flare at it. <laughs> Did he hit it? <laughs> no, he didn't hit it. <laughs> that would have been extra cool that had he, but that's really funny. Paul, boom, what the? <laughs> yes, um, I've shot flares before. Got a tracer on it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. He knew he he knew exactly where he shot. Definitely high. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, one one of the cool things about shotgun shells is that they're they're so. Uh, there's so much room inside for activities. You can do all sorts of things. With Stick anything in there. Dimes and batteries and G.I. Joe heads and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, well, there's there's actually there's some YouTube channels uh, that have some really weird stuff that people have made to, to put into shotgun shells. But w- what what kind of stuff have you guys played with? Dragon's Breath. <laughs> Unicorn Dust. You've played <laughs> no, Dragon's Breath is actually a really... A real uh, shell. It shoots out flaming sparks, basically. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. Oh, I mean, it's it's like shooting a. It's neat-ish. You know, it's like you get all psyched up for how awesome it's going to be because you've seen the pictures on YouTube or on the internet. But what they don't tell you is that's a, that's an exposure. Yeah, you know, a long exposure shot. So it looks like this great big flame coming over. Really, it's just a bunch of sparks coming out of the end of your gun. Um, you know, and I've shot flares and same thing. You know, it just flare goes flying just throw just grab a road flare and throw it if you want to see a flare in the air <laughs> but you can you can shoot it but you can shoot it now the thing you do have to watch out for when you're shooting flares uh no chokes please um because the flare itself is such a lightweight projectile it can get stuck in a full choke and so you shoot it it goes down your barrel and gets jammed in your choke and it's still burning and it will destroy your shotgun barrel. Like it overheats it and uh, it loses all its temper, and your your choke will get fused into your barrel. And basically, you got to get a new barrel and choke system. Wow. So, yeah. So make sure you take your choke out if you're going to be shooting flares. And don't shoot it when it's super dry out. Right, because you can light a fire. Yeah. But but if you are stuck on a boat in the middle of the water and a plane's flying over, feel free. That's really what they're for. 
Would you have a shotgun? Why wouldn't you? Okay. <laughs> of course. Of course you would have a shotgun. No, I, you can get those little uh, 12 gauge flare pistols yes, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but have you guys, so um, my brothers had had some uh, bear bangers and that kind of thing. I think they use them around airports and that kind of thing to disperse birds right. every once in a while. And they're, they're uh, yeah. a, a loaded, basically a firework. You, yeah. You've got a shot shell that's a firework. That'd be yeah, cool. We, we I use haven't... them at work all the time. Oh, do you? Yep. Where do you work? The airport? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) We have a serious seagull population explosion in the springtime. I would be so tempted to, like, my my coworkers going out to the parking lot to, like, shoot one in the air (laughs) just above him and scare the Jesus out. (laughs) (laughs) Bang, what the? (laughs) I think if you've got a seagull problem, I just think you need a couple of pounds of tannerite and birdseed. Tannerite? Tannerite and birdseed. So, so they're eating the birdseed, you shoot the tannerite, and now you have bird feathers. That's actually not a bad idea. Boom. Bye-bye, seagulls. <laughs> so, yeah. with tannerite in Ontario, I, I, I heard something around that. That's Is it limited to ranges and no ranges will allow it, or is it, uh, like, what's the case out there? It's limited to crown, crown land. You can't, none of the ranges will allow you to have it. It's legal, but the ranges right. say no. And the rangers say no because the CFO said no, Correct. I think. Yeah. So if the CFO would just go, oh, wait, it's a target that you shoot at with a gun, maybe the best spot for it's on a range? Yep. Yes? No. He went the other way. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if it's crown land, go for it, but no. no so so how much crown land do you have around your place? None. <laughs> so I should not bring any tannerite then? No. Nope. I'll, I'll probably bring some tannerite. Anybody wants to buy some tannerite, I'll have some tannerite there. <laughs> all right back back okay. to shotgun shells apparently yes so what uh, go ahead so, sorry yeah so i think um okay so we talked a little bit special specialty we talked about steel and lead and the fact that you know before two and three quarter inch with lead was pretty good uh we got all the range we needed to there was three inch magnum uh stuff before we were required to go to steel um but I think going to steel really required people to to go to the the 3-inch and the 3.5-inch shells. Um, do either of you guys have a 3-inch or a 3.5-inch shotgun? I have a 3-inch, yeah. I don't have a 3.5. No. I used to have a 3.5. I had a Remington Express Magnum, and it was a 3.5-inch chamber. But I only ever shoot 2 and 3 quarter on a regular basis. I don't turkey hunt anymore, so I have no need, and I don't duck hunt, so I don't have any need for shooting anything more than two and three quarter. The grouse just aren't that aggressive out here. <laughs> when I <laughs> so uh, so I was actually I I didn't like like I I was used to shooting just a standard three inch chambered pump shotgun, and when I went to three and a half, it was noticeable how much extra area there was on the gun. It was just, it was bigger. I just didn't like it, so I I sold it and went to Mossberg. Yeah, they're they're bigger. Um, the, the interesting thing I found, because um, w- when you look at at shotgun shells, there's two and three quarter, and then there's three inch magnum, and there's three and a half inch super magnum. Yeah, and you think, oh man, these things are going to be faster and uh, have more payload, and uh, you find out that you're wrong. That's correct. Because yeah. the speed is generally the same, but the bigger ones just hold more shot. That's all it is. Yeah. So I've got some I got some numbers here. Um, two and three quarter will generally shoot one and one eighth ounce loads. Jeez, I hate I hate the fractions on these. But this is <laughs> one the and an eighth. This yep. is the way the world works. So I'm using them. This is shotguns for you, folks. <laughs> one and one eighth ounce. Uh, though you can get one and a quarter ounce loads. So for you metrically uh, inclined people out there, that's one point one two five to one point two five ounces. <laughs> I think I think just give the the, the fractions one. Too many numbers going to confuse me. <laughs> uh, three inch will shoot one and a quarter to one and three eighths, and a three and a half inch shell will will shoot one and three eighths to one and a half ounces. So one and a half ounces going at what thirteen yeah. hundred feet per second? Fifteen hundred feet per second. I mean that's yeah. that you're moving a lot of mass in a short amount of time. Like that's no wonder there's kick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I was I was shooting some of those uh, those one and a half ounces, and with a jacket it was fine. With no jacket, it started to bruise my shoulder. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, 
Well, I think a lot of guys out there uh, say that the 3-inch uh, shell is fine as long as you don't really, really push the range because it, your your pellets are still lethal at, at, at longer distances. But with your choke pattern, you're, you're constricting to, to put more pellets on target. Uh, and that three and a half inch will just have more pellets on, uh, on a more distance target. But, um, if you're just doing like ducks or something that's close in, you don't necessarily have to have the big bad three and a half inch, uh, just to, just to take an, an animal down. And it'll actually just end up doing more damage to the meat. You'll end up having to spit out more pellets, uh, <laughs> when you're eating the, the, whatever, uh, whatever kind of meat you make with it, right? Yeah. Gopher. <laughs> <laughs> This summer, Matthew. This summer. <laughs> uh, but I think we're going to use like 17 HMR and 22 Magnum and that kind of thing. So we're there's not going to be much left of them after that. Excellent. That's the way I like my gophers. <laughs> Misty. Uh, yeah, so, was, I think we've been talking about 12 gauge this whole time, though, right? We have. Well, I yeah. think Kelly was going to say something there, though. Well, I was just going to say recommendation would be two and three quarter if you can get away with it. Right. Yeah, if you're just shooting for fun, I mean, if you're shooting yeah. clays, for sure, two and three quarter. Right. Any any small game or upland game, two and three quarter is going to be fine. Really, the only time you need to go to three, uh, you can go to three if you want to shoot turkey. Um, three and a half is better. Uh, and, you know, same thing with uh, waterfowl. You know, three is good, but three and a half, you know, same for the reasons yeah. we just mentioned, three and a half. But for, for normal, <laughs> like, I guess that's not even true because waterfowl hunting is normal for shotguns, but... Uh, but yeah, upland and and small game, two and three quarters all you need. Yeah. That being said, most shotguns, I would say probably between seventy-five to ninety percent of 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 all shotguns are going to be chambered in three inch, and right. that means you can shoot three inch or two and three quarters. Two and three quarters, which which my BR ninety-nine is. Right. So you can you whatever chamber you have in your shotgun, yeah. you can shoot that and anything shorter. You can't go larger. Larger. But that and anything shorter. So most older shotguns uh, are just two and three quarter because that used mm-hmm. to be the standard. But uh, ever since you know probably mid nineties or so, then when the three inch started to become becoming more prevalent, then uh, most shotguns went to the three inch. Now interesting uh, interesting to note that if you are shooting uh, and you don't notice it as much in the two and three quarter to three inch, but if you are shooting a two and three quarter inch shell in a three and a half inch chamber. You mm-hmm. won't pattern as nicely as if it was a two and three quarter inch chamber or a three inch chamber. And that has to do with the forcing cone. Um, so whenever you shoot, the shot all comes out of the end of the, out of the shell. And the way that the shell works is it's, it's crimped. The plastic is kind of rolled over onto it and that's what seals the front of the shell. Mm-hmm. When that opens up, a three and a half inch shell opens up to the forcing cone. And all the shot has a straight line from the shell straight down the barrel. So if you imagine a two and three quarter inch shell opening up, there is now a good half inch gap between the end of the opened shotgun shell. There's now the chamber is still there and then the shot hits the forcing cone and then goes down the barrel. And so you're going to deform pellets and you're going to disrupt the pattern, the, the load, before it actually exits the gun. So if you're buying a three and a half inch shotgun, just because it's a three and a half inch chamber and, and it, you know, you're not going to shoot it that often with three and a half. You're going to shoot it all the time with two and three quarter. You know, I wouldn't get one just because it's the biggest one out there. I would, I would find a shotgun that actually suits the loads and the, the length of the shell that you're most often going to shoot. So I, I've got one so that I can uh, get the most rounds in for three gun. Right. And for three gun, you really don't care about your pattern, right? <laughs> right. I was just going to so say. Yeah, yeah. Your pattern's really not important in three gun. But if you're hunting or if you're clay yeah. shooting, you don't want, you don't want to be shooting two and three quarter out of a three and a half inch if you're doing something where you want a good pattern. Right. Well, and uh, like the, the, another concern is just the, the, the receiver is that much longer, right? So you don't, you don't really need the, the receiver to be that much longer and that no. the gun to be that much heavier just for, for, for no sake, right? That's right. And that's why I got rid of mine, and I went to a, two, a three inch chamber instead of a three and a half inch chamber. Just I, I just never shoot three and a half inch, and I had no need for it, and I, I just don't. Yeah. So I, I was actually interested to to see if there were three and a half inch slugs, and there Ooh. are, Ooh. Uh, but they're, <laughs> they're not very, they're not common at all. Would those three inch be slugs are common? Two and three quarter inch slugs are common. 
Three and a half, not common. At Are all. the three and a half ones more for the shotguns designed with with rifled barrels, like they're the sabot or sabotage or whatever you say, however you say that word, or were they like lead Foster type slugs? The, the ones I found were lead Foster type slugs. Oh yeah, um, which I, I don't know, kind of says to me that someone, you know, it's it's purely to uh, work with someone's duck gun, kind of a thing. Right? Yeah, basically, they just wanted to say I've got the biggest baddest shotgun shell there is. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it is big and bad, but oh, yeah. it's not really necessary. Because I mean, the, the thing with with shotgun slugs and even even uh, sabo rounds is that uh, they they drop a lot because they're they're really wide and the, the ballistic coefficient on them is uh, is garbage. Yep, yep, that's true. But there are some places where you can only hunt deer with a shotgun, and those are the places where you would want a rifled barrel in your shotgun with a sabo slug. Yep. Yeah, but, you know. Exactly. Other than that, there's no reason to buy a shotgun. You know, if you can hunt deer and moose without, you know, with a regular rifle instead of a shotgun, there's no sense in getting a rifle, rifled shotgun, which mm-hmm. is kind of oxymoronic, isn't it? A rifled shotgun. <laughs> I guess. I think it's just so, moronic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Matthew, you've got a, a what, like a four gauge and an eight gauge, and and that's pretty much what all you do for. Uh, yeah, just just country. four and eight. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. The the four gauge is for the bigger animals like the chickadees and whatnot, and the eight gauge is for the smaller animals like ants and cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't yeah, even have like a ten shot gauge. Sizes right, like you, you've got your number eight shot, you've got your number two shot. So if the smaller, smaller the number, bigger. Yeah, the smaller the number, the bigger the shot, and it is the same thing with gauges. The smaller the gauge, the bigger the bore. So a ten gauge is bigger than a 12-gauge. And our non-gun listeners, the wives and girlfriends of all of our regular listeners, (laughs) are going, huh, that makes no sense. But that's the way it is. Do do you guys know where the gauge system came from? Lead balls. Lead balls. So a (laughs) 12-gauge is 12... It's however many balls you can get in. Never mind. <laughs> it, 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 it actually is. So a 12-gauge is 12 identically sized balls that weigh a pound. A 10-gauge is 10 identically of lead is how they did that. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird archaic system, but that's what we got. Who um, thought of that? Who thought of that system? Uh, somebody way back in the olden days, back oh. when Trevor was a boy. Now that being said, 410 is actually a caliber, not a gauge. Yeah. Right, cuz they just Cause have they to, just throw had that to in. do that. Well, it's a new it's it's a newer gun, right? right. It's actually uh, I believe it's I can't remember now. I think it's like 72 gauge if you're using the same the same system. But yeah, no, it's uh it's a caliber. So yeah, so four, so so everybody's got a 12 gauge, right? Yes. Yep. That's yep. the only one you need. That's really the only one you need. Um the 10 gauge used to be all the rage for duck hunting and goose hunting and stuff because it was a bigger shell. You could fit more in it. But with the three and a half inch shells that the 12 gauges now shoot, you really don't need a 10 gauge anymore. Um, a lot of guys who shoot upland game and small game will use a 20 gauge, uh, just because it's a little lighter to carry, a little lighter in the recoil. Um, you just don't need that, that sort of power to put down a, a, a grouse or a bunny or whatever it is you're going after. Um, and then 16 gauge, 16 is, uh, you know, a lot of guys, again, will use 16, just a lot of guys call it the sweet 16. And it's because it's just, it's really, that that's the one in, in most people's opinion should have been the common one. The 16 gauge should have been what the 12 gauge is now. Uh, it's just, it's just a little bit smaller than 12 gauge. It has sort of the recoil characteristics of the 20 gauge, but yet still retains the knockdown power of the 12 gauge. It's really a, a really nice, uh, I almost said caliber, <laughs> a really nice gauge. <laughs> um, but it's not very common. Uh, 12 gauge is by far the most common. And then uh, from what I read, half of all shotgun shells available are 12 gauge. So there's your, there's your half. Now take that half away. What you have left, half of what's left is 20 gauge. And then the last quarter is all of your other gauges that are out there. So 12 and 20 are your two most popular gauges. Right. A lot of females will use the 20 be- just because of what you just said. Yeah. It, the, the, it's lighter, less kick. That's right. The gun itself is lighter because it's less material. It's a, a slightly smaller barrel and whatnot. So the gun itself is lighter. And it really does have a a 
a softer recoil, a, a better kick to it, and it's uh, a lot more manageable. Yeah, and I, love, I know a lot of kid, uh, a lot of people give their uh, their youths uh, 410 shotguns because they're pretty versatile. But um, I know one of the issues with the 410 is because it is so skinny when they when they put a bunch of shot in it, it strings out. So yeah, it's basically first pellet an... was, is really far ahead of the last pellet, and if you're shooting at something that's going across. Uh, you don't get too many pellets on it. That's right. It, it's an exercise in futility and frustration. Is but <laughs> I would never give a youngster a 410. I would much rather see them with a 20 gauge. And here's the thing. I have a 410. I have 20 gauge. I have 12 gauge. And I don't find much difference in recoil between the 410 and the 20. Um, no. Not not a whole lot at all. Is, uh, is now that 410 a lot lighter? The 410 is a bit lighter, but not much. Um, I think one of the reasons is I do shoot two and a half inch shells instead of the two inch shells. You can get two inch 410s, and those ones I'm sure are very powder puffy. But uh, the two and a half inch shells out of the 410 feels just like a regular 20 gauge shell to me. So you're giving a child or you know a younger person a gun that kicks as much as a 20 gauge, but is that much harder to hit anything with. What's the point? Just give them the 20 gauge. So the, I like the 410 just simply because I can carry more ammo on my, you know, in my pockets because it's the ammo is less bulky. Um, I use my, my the 410 that I have is a combination gun, a 22 barrel on top and 410 barrel on the bottom, and I usually use that as my truck gun. So whenever uh, whenever I have a gun in the truck, I have both shotgun and 22 with me, depending on what I need. I've, I, you know, I've got I've got it there, and I can just carry that many more shells with me without uh, the added bulk of of the bigger shotgun. Isn't 410 like expensive when you're buying the, the shells for them? It is, yeah. It's probably twice as expensive as 20 gauge. And 20 gauge is about, you know, I don't know, 20% more expensive than 12. 12 is definitely the cheapest because it's the most prevalent. Right. Most made. Yeah. So get a 12 gauge. Yeah. 12 gauge is really the way to go. And if you have a child or, or a smaller framed uh, female who, yeah. who wants to shoot, get a 20 gauge. You know, the, those two are really all you need. Cool. So, yeah. Anything else on shotguns and shotgun shells you want to cover? They bruise my shoulder. They bruise your <laughs> shoulder. Yeah. I shoot all sorts of like like heavy, like 45, 70 and that kind of thing. But like running through a, a box of 25 Kent, one and a half ounce shot shells <laughs> with no jacket on really bruised my shoulder. And yeah. Was, what kind of gun was it again? Uh, Stoger 3500, three and a half inch shell. That, that's a semi-auto, yeah? It's yeah. a semi-auto, but it's inertial, so the gas-powered oh, okay. ones will, will bleed a little bit more power off right. and, uh, and and keep it off your shoulder, but the inertial ones don't bleed as much off. Right. Yeah, try it out of a uh, single-shot brake action. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No Boom. Way. Yeah, I have I have severely bruised my shoulder shooting uh, shooting 12, uh, what was it? It was, it was three-inch load. I can't, oh, it was slugs, three-inch slugs. Out oh, of yeah. a Kui 84 with a, a barrel chopped down to 18 inches. So oh. it was lighter, uh, and it was painful, like to the point where I didn't want to shoot it anymore. I, I was like, nope, I'm just shooting birdshot out of this, and at that, target loads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, with that short, with light, like lightweight and big, big slug, like an ounce of lead. Oh, yes, yeah. Thrown out the end there. Oh, man, it was crazy. <laughs> Fun, though, and the fireball was awesome. Yep. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that wraps that up. How about we move into our listener feedback? Sure. Yeah. Kelly, you got your notes open there. You want to read this? Sure. This is from Kim. So, uh, oh gosh, and somebody else taking uh, Trevor's advice. So, here's what Kim has. <laughs> 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 Having followed Trevor's advice yet again, I purchased a uh, FN FNS uh, nine. So I'm look, also looking for a holster. I happened across solely Canadian holsters. Uh, there are uh, several types of holsters in his catalog. This guy's from BC, so pricing in Canadian dollars. Uh, she left. I, I'm assuming Kim is a, a female. Maybe it's a male. Uh, or he's a male. Uh, <laughs> you got a 50-50 chance. Yeah, well, there's Kim males, but majority of them are female. Anyways, uh, com. And uh, I've had a look at other holsters he's made, and there's some nice Kydex piece uh, piece of kit too. So yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice to find a Canadian source for for anything gun related, really. 
Right, and you guys were talking about it, how hard it is to actually find holsters for this in Canada. Yep, and there we go. Yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. So for. thank you, Kim, for sending that in. And Kim. if you are if, if you're male, you can send hate mail to Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I took a shot. You know? 50-50, you know, flip a coin and then own it. That's all you got to do. True. Whatever it is. Awesome. Well, that's all our listener feedback this week. It was light mailbag, so maybe everybody froze because of all the cold temperatures. Uh, maybe they're digging out still. I don't know. Long weekend. Maybe a long weekend. We didn't get a long weekend. It was a long weekend. Oh, we had one in Alberta. Yeah, we had one in Ontario as well. Yeah, I think New Brunswick, is, it's like a family day or something, right? Yep. Yeah, we're, New Brunswick's like the only province that doesn't have that, and that's where I live. You're the poor cousins. But we had a snow day on Tuesday, so yeah. Of course, that only applies to people who work in the schools, but <laughs> whatever. Anyway, um, help fill up our mailbag. Please send us an email. You can send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Let's uh, move into iTunes reviews. Do we have any iTunes reviews? No. 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 <laughs> All right, then. So no iTunes reviews, no mail. Except awesome. for Kim's mail, so feeling feeling loved here, definitely. Um, yeah, you can leave us an iTunes review too if you wish. It's it's uh, just another medium to get a hold of us and to let us know how we're doing. And really, it's because we like reading the funny reviews, and uh, and it does help get the show noticed a bit by other people. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's nice to get those shoutouts. Yeah, I, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Kelly for. Uh substituting and uh, and doing the job that Trevor was supposed to do. Yeah, see, Trevor called in sick, so we got a substitute. That's funny, because he's a teacher, so... <laughs> yeah, that is true. That yeah. is true. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I even came on, even though it wasn't uh, you, Matthew, that needed the replacement, so... Yeah, apparently, I... Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It was very magnanimous of you. Your ambi, ambi host ability? You can yeah. just host for... Ambi host ability. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, shoutouts for me. Uh, well, you know, thanks again for having me on, you guys. You're welcome. Now, I see one here to Sean H. and the missus on their new pink meat sack. Yeah, he had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Was that from you, Adriel? No, Trevor, Trevor put that in. Oh, Trevor put that yeah, in. I, I noticed he, uh, he had uh, some photos of his baby on. on that's Facebook. funny. The meat yeah. sack. <laughs> Look what I made. <laughs> cool. Well, congratulations to Sean and the missus on the new baby. That's cool. Well, um, that's, that's, that's it for this week, folks. It's, uh, a bit of a shorter show, but we hope you enjoyed it and we hope you enjoyed having Kelly on. We enjoyed having Kelly on, that's for sure. So oh, thanks. thanks for joining us for the first time, I should mention, right? Yep. Yeah. Not yeah. the last. Yeah. Def- definitely not the last. Okay. Cool. Um, so please join any of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR or the CSSA. Uh, especially now that we have a liberal government, uh, they are planning on imposing some gun laws. So it's important to support our gun organizations so that they can help support us. Go check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. It's a pretty cool online forum of shooters and gun owners and, uh, all kinds of interesting discussions going on there. So check that out and please like us on Facebook. We are up to 1,364 likes. We have 87 thumbs up. Five gold stars and apparently two flukes. Yep. So uh, we appreciate all of the support that our listeners give us. So thank you very much for listening. Kelly? Thanks for having me on. And everybody, good night. Adriel? Good night. Huh. I guess that just leaves me. See you next week, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.